Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This is going to be huge. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsFanatic.com, and I am joined, as always, by the editor of Smoking Cuban, Isaac. How did you make it through this day? Man, that, that was my question. I was going to ask you if you did anything more exciting than what the whole NBA world gave us today. I was just, I felt like I was paralyzed the whole ga- the whole day where I was at work and then I just was staring at my phone and my Twitter feed and then I got home and then I was staring at my Twitter feed <laughs> and my tweet deck and just like staring at it all day, just waiting for maverick something or waiting for something to happen and then we got man two interesting like really interesting trades we had the brooklyn nets and los angeles lakers decide to i don't know what both sides decided to do d'angelo russell going d'angelo russell and timothy mozgov going to the brooklyn nets and brooke lopez and the 27th pick in the draft going to the lakers so the lakers now have two 27 and 28 in the first round of this draft, and the Nets now have Mozgov, and they have Russell, and there was talk that Karis LeVert was part of this trade, but he's not, so you have Jeremy Lin, D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, you have a 22nd pick, I think the Nets still have, so yeah, yeah, they do, Nets are still in a good spot, I think, I think they're, they're slowly coming out of this, coming out of the muck, if you believe in evolution, they're like in the spot where they're like sprouting like legs and coming out of the water. <laughs> You know who they're uh, they're uh, ready to throw Max at, right? I do, <laughs> and it's sad. It's sad because then the other trade that happened was Dwight Howard and the 31st pick in the draft, which is basically a first-round pick, right? Especially in a draft that's kind of deep like this, and there's a lot of you know bigs that are, are up there and you know in the the bottom of the first round, and so you're thinking that not all those guys are going to go, and then. Some of them will slide, like a lot of those bigs will slide to the second round. And so the 31st pick has some value in a, in a draft that has a lot of bunched players, if you look at it that way. And so Dwight Howard goes and he gets traded for the worst Plumley. <laughs> Is he the worst or the, the second the second worst? Because there's three, right? There's Marshall, right? Yeah, Marshall, so, I, I think he's struggling to make a roster. So, so Miles Plumley, Marco Bellinelli, and the 31st pick. Uh, no, in the 41st pick, go to Atlanta, mm. which Atlanta just hit the full rebuild, I think. I, I can't see Paul Millsap going back to that. Yeah, but they're about eight months too too late on that. They're about to watch They're about to watch two summers go to where they lose Al Horford and now Paul Millsap for nothing. Like, nothing that's, at that's all. That's what happens. You don't sell high on your picks and you're a, you know, a mid-market team that – can't keep you know free agents around or can't bring in big free agents and like Dwight Howard didn't count as a big free agent they paid him like one but he was not a big free agent so then so you're looking at you know basically they're trading bad contracts across and you're like oh man that means that that uh, centers contracts are like you know not as valuable because you, you, those two are, are traded for each other but then <laughs> you're thinking back to that D'Angelo Russell Brooke Lopez trade and that to me says that the same thing that you thought is that that opens up the Nets to be able to give, you know, Nerlens Noel, or just the opportunity for them to give him somewhat of a max contract. So after after Dallas made the trade for Nerlens, I started looking at this is, you know, late February. I went through each team and I was like, you know, what what team would throw max money at Nerlens? Yeah. And the, you know, the title of the article I wrote in February was the one situation for Dallas to like worry about if they didn't want to throw max at Nerlens is if Brooklyn traded Brooke, Brooke Lopez on draft night. Well, we didn't make it to, bra- to, to draft night, no. but 
Brooke Lopez close. is gone. So, and, you know, for a team like Brooklyn, they're, you know, they're young. You know, you, you just go ahead and do it. I mean, you throw Max at Nerlens and oh, yeah. force, force Dallas's hand, and which hopefully doesn't even get to that because I think that gets really awkward of another player signing an offer sheet somewhere and then, like, hopefully we it just happens. You know, Dallas just signs Nerlens. There's no, you know, meetings with him and other teams and all that. But. Yeah, because you don't want to look back on this and be like, he's the next Ennis Cantor, Alan Crabb. Those are the last two that I remember that signed an offer sheet. <laughs> like, that was way exorbitantly more than the player that they were actually were in the production they were putting out. Yeah, and, and another thing. So and to, and today after the D'Angelo thing went down, the first thought – actually, it's funny because I didn't think about the Nerlens thing right off the bat – the first thought I had, and it's what I wrote about this evening, was the impact that now there's two teams. That's two teams on the free agent market that were going to be in line to pay big money to free agent point guards. It's Philadelphia and Brooklyn. Well, Brooklyn just got their guy in D'Angelo Russell. Philly just traded up to one to get Markel Fultz. So you would assume take those two off the market for yeah. the Kyle Lowry's, the Drew Holiday's. Drew Holiday's. The, you know, so... Oh, the Derrick yeah. Rose. Don't you dare leave out Derrick Rose. Big oh time free agent. Okay. We're not a hospital clinic. And <laughs> so then you, so then that's just, I mean, you just naturally take those two teams out of the running, you would assume. And, you know, you still got Dallas there. So if you are a fan and you're in that camp saying, man, I really want Drew Holiday, or there's that pipe dream of, I might want Kyle Lowry. There might be a shot or something like that. Because, you know, the Philly thing with Kyle Lowry, that was talked a lot in that connection. Yeah. And Bro- Brooklyn, you know, they it feels like they just throw big money at anybody. So, you know, if you are in that camp of, if you want to say anything with that, is the two, those two big trades that happened this week increased Dallas's odds of, of landing a free <laughs> agent point today. guard. <laughs> well, we- the Philly, the Philly trade. Oh, yeah, that one too. Yeah, and then a couple a couple of small things we didn't even talk about was you know the day started off with Paul Gasol, you know, yeah, declining, yeah. going to decline his option, which just blows me away. I mean, that's the power of San Antonio. Sixteen right million dollar for Paul Gasol. He's not getting <laughs> like, that anywhere. He would do good to get six millions anywhere else. I mean, so that's the power of pop. That's the power of San Antonio. That clears the whole that like the whole Chris Paul like. Kyle Lowry, any free agent for San Antonio, I hadn't even like really thought about it too much because, you know, I was like, oh, Powell's going to pick that up. Well, now it just opens up a whole different ballgame for them. And that is the the beauty of culture. And if you were yeah. one of those people that, you know, for the entire season, we were on the Mass Fanatic podcast talking about, like, Taman was arguing for team tank and I was arguing for team playoffs because if you're in team playoffs, you're building this culture and you sustain this culture that the Mavericks have had that is kind of dwindling and basically, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that you would still consider them as a team with like a really high culture, like a really good culture, winning culture, because they kind of tanked it in at the end there. But that's that's what you build. That's You build team, you know, guys. You build a team that has – that requires guys to sacrifice and they're willing to do so. <laughs> you know, like, like Pau Gasol just did. Yeah, and there's so much stuff behind the tables of – Yeah. Or behind, behind the scenes that we don't know. You know, look at Wes's situation. We don't know about his, you know, we don't know about his situation or as far as like his agent stuff and his, the relationship to Dallas. Yeah. But there might be a sense of loyalty or, you know, relationship to his agent of saying, hey, like when DeAndre backed out, we gave you the opportunity to leave and Wes still committed. And that could have been, you know, this could be play into it like Dallas saying, hey, like we appreciate that. You didn't back out like DeAndre did. You stayed around, even though we paid you a little bit more. But we're going to keep you. We're not going to just ship you off after two years. And I'm not saying that's what it is, but player player agents, connections to franchises and how they treat players and their their clients, it, it, it means more than we think it does. Yeah. And we didn't even talk about Porzingis either. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't buy. I don't buy. Those We're going to talk about either. Porzingis in one of our first questions here. So we promised that we would answer all of the iTunes review questions, and you guys, you guys came through, and we got a bunch of them. Uh, some of them were redundant, so we're going to go through them like all at once. Like we have a bunch for Rubio trades. So if you submitted a question for Rubio trades, it will be talked about in full. We will go through all of that. Um, but thanks so much for doing that. Uh, we'll do more stuff like that in the future. So if you didn't get it in on it this time, there's more chance for you to do that. We want this to be the you know the most the highly most highly rated podcast and all locked on and all of the Mavs podcasts anywhere. So 
All right, these are the iTunes questions submitted by you, the listeners. Uh, the first one that I did not send to you on purpose that we will oh, we will be able to gosh. talk about the Borzingis deal or the the Borzingis shopping spree, I guess we'll call it the Borzingis spree. R E W M U R Remur Remur. W and M is not two letters that should go together, but Remur says. Just simply, he gave us five stars like we asked, and he gave he gave us this question, and I'll just leave it to you. Is Phil Jackson crazy? <laughs> well, I mean, we already know that. We know the we know the answer to that one. Um, I don't know. I, just, I don't buy the Porzingis stuff today. I mean, I don't I don't buy that one bit. You can't trade a player like that, not on his contract, not with the years left on his contract. Not with that team. Yeah, it's just not. I don't. Phil Phil's Phil's crazy, but he's not. You know, he's not that off his rocker. I don't believe. Here's what I think happened, and this is something that I learned this past summer in Vegas with the sports business classroom, where we heard from you know Coach Carlisle and GMs like Daryl Morey and. You know, guys like that, even assistant GMs like Mike Zarin from the, the Celtics. Um, and they said that they will take calls on players. You know, like the only players that don't really get calls fielded for are like LeBron. <laughs> That's like the <laughs> only one. But everybody else, you'll get called like they will receive calls for them. They're not, they might not say that they're going to do that publicly like this happened. I mean, the Knicks just kind of leak everything. Like everything just seems to come out of the Knicks. There's some, there's something going on there. Whereas in contrast, you look at the Timberwolves and I <laughs> follow a couple of our, you know, locked on, not the locked on wolves, the, uh, the one from almighty baller. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's dancing with wolves. There's a bunch of Timberwolves podcasts, like a bunch of random ones, but uh, like nothing's coming out over there. Like they're not, they're not hearing any rumors or anything like that. And, you know, if we didn't have fish, if we didn't have fish, we wouldn't have, you know, anything else either. But, you know, uh, there's not, not really a ton coming out of Mavericks camps either. But, but yeah, so you just like contact the two, fran- you just contrast the two franchises and it's just like all this stuff coming out of the Knicks and then like none of this stuff coming out of like Timberwolves and Mavericks and other, these other, you know, uh, <laughs> these other organizations. So to answer your question, Phil Jackson is not crazy. He won a bunch of championships. Let's not forget that he's probably the second best coach ever to ever coach ever. Um, and with some just, just not with as some good crazy a, talent, just not as good of a president. That's for sure. <laughs> I wish I just wish he would have took over a team you know that didn't have MJ, Pippen, Kobe, Shaq. I wish he would have took over this Knicks team. He did. He did take but, over a team without that, and he won championships. With Kobe and Powell. That's what he did. Uh, Powell is legit back And Lamar then. Odom and Andrew Bynum and Sasa Vujicic and... Bynum. <laughs> that guy. So, all right. That's our first question. Our second question comes from uh, the aptly titled Unfortunate Listener. <laughs> that's, his, that's his name on there. Unfortunate Listener tweets, Would you trade the ninth pick, Devin Harris and Wes Matthews for D'Angelo Russell in a first rounder? Well, there you go. <laughs> That's the answer to your question. Um, but the answer kind of is if the Ma- if the Mavericks were willing to take on Mozgov or Dang's salary, I think D'Angelo Russell could have come even cheaper than ninth. Well, I'm confused by his question because he thinks LA is going to send a future first with Russell. I, I guess so because if you, you look at it and if you look at the, the trade though, that that's not even like Sotnam shame level because of what they gave up for him. They gave. Brooke Lopez, who's an expiring, you know, expiring deal. And yeah, Brooke Lopez is a, a you know pretty good player. And they sent uh, you know, a pick for D'Angelo Russell. So I don't know. Like the value just wasn't I don't know. Well, the they val- took on the contract. Was- they took on Mozgov. I mean, that was a huge one. I mean, that's I mean, you think of the three worst contracts in the league, you're thinking of Noah, Mozgov, and Dang. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a couple more that that's just the first three that I think of. So they're taking that on for the next what three years, so that played into the price of, you know, whatever it is. And Brooke, I mean, yeah, two extra I think, years on from Brooke's contract. I think that kind of got overlooked. Some of like Brooke can still ball. Like he's the all-time scoring <laughs> scoring leader for the Nets franchise. For the, for the Nets, no, but I mean, like not Jason you know, Kidd. <laughs> if you get a, hey, you're L.A., I mean, you get Brooke Lopez. I mean, that dude. 
I like Brook Lopez. He doesn't rebound a lot, at, or his numbers don't. He shoots threes now, though. Yeah, I mean he's like really he's well. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's not bad with it. He's he's a beast on the post. Like, but anyway, yeah, that's that. So the, the the question to the guy, the ninth pick, Devin Harris and Wes Matthews. This was obviously submitted before the trade happened. Yeah, uh, for D'Angelo Russell and in the future first. I don't think you know. Would Dallas do it? Yeah, I, I would assume so. Maybe. Um, would if, we do it? Yeah, but so like for today, you know, Ramona Shelbourne from, Shelbourne from ESPN reported saying, hey, you know, the Lakers were calling every you know every team in the lottery asking yeah. they were wanting to get you know D'Angelo Russell for another pick in the lottery and they they couldn't find any takers so. That tells you straight up right there that Dallas didn't want a part of that as far as the ninth for Russell. Yeah. And you don't know what all happened, you know, if they would negotiate back and forth or something. But I don't know. I mean, how many draft? It's just all how you feel about D'Angelo Russell. So I don't think in this deal, I guess Dallas wouldn't do it because they didn't do it today. But getting a fir- another first rounder and getting off of Wes Matthews and Devin Harris. I don't know if Dallas would do that, but we don't have to spend any more time on it because this <laughs> yeah, is a net. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. Uh, I think, yes, they definitely, like Dallas would definitely do that deal because you get the future first rounder. That's going to be t- the Lakers' 2019 pick, I believe, because they don't have next year's pick. Um, but I don't know if they can even trade that because they had to send 2018's pick. Mm-hmm. So there's just all it's all kind of weird stuff. The protections just make it really complicated. I don't want to dive into the Lakers draft situation because we don't really care about that as the Mavericks. But all right, there's the Russell. There's the Russell trade, so we can stop hearing all the Russell trade ideas. <laughs> you guys can stop sending those in. Uh, all right, so moving on to draft prospects. A guy named uh, Howdy. My name is Jake. Howdy. He has a couple questions for us. One that we'll talk about later. Are there any players going in the late first slash early second you wouldn't mind seeing on the Mavs? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, we've said on the pod before yeah. that we would, we would love for Dallas to get back into this draft because it is really deep, and it's not just deep with big men uh, because it is. It is really deep with them. A uh, couple bigs. If you say end of the first, I'm assuming like maybe the last five picks, you know. Okay. I think the big Poshniks, I think he's might be off the board. We've talked about we like him a lot. Uh, but it, just getting off of him – Two two bigs uh, that I like. I like Jordan Bell a lot out of Oregon. Yeah, Oregon guy. He, um, you know, he was Oregon's kind of defensive guy, especially when they had their main guy go down, uh, their main big guy, you know, tear his ACL and go down for the tournament. Bell stepped in. I know in his workouts over the summer, he's kind of shown that he has an outside shot. So just a really athletic, um, you know, Dwight Powell type of guy uh, that can probably play better defense than Dwight Powell. <laughs> And athletic, like four. Don't get me started on that. You know, it's funny. I, t- I texted our staff today. I said, would it be considered a Woj bomb if I'm I'm just sitting here waiting for the update on my phone? It says, like, sources say Dallas is engaging the market for Dwight Powell. <laughs> but, you know, I never got that Christmas present. But um, so I like Jordan Bell. And, you know, the guy that I really, really like uh, that I don't think will be there at the end of the first, some mocks do, is Jonah Bolden. Uh, oh played. yeah, Charks had a really good piece on him recently. Yeah, man, Bolden's a, Bolden's going to be, be a beast. My guy that I was going to say sleeper, uh, but I think he'll go. I think he'll go in the late teens, early twenties. Uh, but that's some bigs. Then there's some wings there at the end. As far as like Derek White out of Colorado, he's a point guard, shooting guard, the senior. Yeah, and you know he can kind of play both positions. And Wesley Owandu, yeah, I mentioned him a few pods ago. It's just you, you can never have a couple couple of those guys that – you can never have enough of those 6'7". You know, White's not as tall, but he has like a 6'8 wingspan. Uh, but, you know, I'll say this. You know, I said early second. This guy's not getting any first-round love, but I love him in the second round, and that's Dylan Brooks out another of Oregon. Oregon yeah, another Oregon guy. And uh, I don't know. It's just something about it. he He doesn't blow you away athletically, but there's just something about it. He has the tenacity. He can – he can guard multiple positions on the wing. He can get his. He can get a shot. I don't know. He's just. He's a guy that can come off the bench, and I would like him to have a shot in camp. So, I don't know. That's what four or five names right there. Yeah, that's can... that's good. That's good for Jake. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, your guy SKC seventeen seventy six says, 
What's the percentage chance that Frank Nielakina's long-term outlook is better as a two guard than a point guard? And this is something that I brought up on our draft profile is when the more that I, I look into him, the more that I see his strengths and then I see his weaknesses. He, he seems like a two guard, right? Like he seemed more like a Bradley Beal to me than a John wall. And, uh, I think that he could possibly be a better two. It really depends on who his, his backcourt mate is going to be. If it's a guy like Seth Curry, who's, you know, not necessarily that as good defensively and is, you know, way better shooter and, and a, you know, better ball handler than, yeah, like Frank Nielakina could be a really, really good effective two next to him. Uh, he's going to have to guard some point. He's going to have to guard some point guards in that situation. So you're like, well, is he a one because he guards ones or is he a two because he, you know, he play, you know, plays offense on two. So it might just be like a switching roles kind of thing that he does. Yeah. So shout out to Sam for this question. Sam's uh, one of our best writers at the Smoky Cuban. Wow. Just so, totally. Yeah threw everybody else under the bus how about that <laughs> i said he's one of our best he's he's been around for a while he's one of our vets he's one of my go-to guys to where if we need something and i'm i'm not i can't get to it i'll text sam but have Sam's a good, good day guy. at work sam <laughs> sam you're the man uh but yeah it's a good question you know we we obviously we talk all the time as a staff and debate prospects and different stuff but i think i think it's true you know, i think it, i think long term he, he will end up being a two guard i think there's a good shot at that especially because of how the league is now and how many scoring point guards do you have running the show, you know, at the one. So like, even look at the Western conference, look at the final four teams in the playoffs. Curry's Curry's a guy like that. Yeah. Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas, and for Tony Parker, for San Antonio, (laughs) for San Antonio, who, you know, who played the best for them at point guard over Tony Parker, Patty Mills. Yeah, it gives you four smaller point guards that can that can you know put it in the basket, and so that's why I was saying like Nilakina, you know, just echoing really what you said of, you know, he has the length, he can play off the ball, he can play that too, you know, he has the size to do that, and I don't know, we just don't know, we don't know, you know, what he can be athletically and explosive wise at the point, you know, he's he doesn't have that as a De'Aaron Fox when you watch. You know, they're both kind of seem kind of linky and whatever. You know, Fox is just explosive. And Nilakina really doesn't show that a lot in his footage and stuff. So the percentage, if I had to put it, the question is, what is the percentage, what's the percent chance that chance or chance? Frank Nilakina's long term is two yeah, guard. Back. I put that, love chance. I'd put, I'd put it at 70%. Really? That, that he's long term two guard, yeah. I would put it more at fifty percent. I do think that he he like we we over hype. I think sometimes his, his two guard skills and he does have point guard skills too. Like and they will groom him to be a point guard. I think that that's what if Dallas is going to choose Nilikina, they're going to want him to be a point guard. And so I think they're going to put him in that role until he, you know, kind of like fits even that role, well, you know? but even with like Dallas, if if they take Nilikina, who's going to run point over him and Seth? I think Seth's going to run point. I think yeah, they'll put him. There will be set, there will be sets like that, but he'll definitely work with with Sham God on handles and stuff like that, and definitely get better in that way. Oh Sham, Sham. So yeah. all right, the next the next trade the next trade the next question from our iTunes trade questions is from Simba Shay. Sorry, I totally just ruined your name, but Simba Rashi. Maybe let's go Simba. Sure. Let's go Simba Rashi. In regards to a possible trade with Minnesota, would you be willing to part with Seth and or Wes and the number nine for Rubio and the seven and salary? I'm not sure what you mean by in salary, but mm. um, so this is a question that we've talked about before. Do, you know, would you do Wes and nine for Rubio and seven? Yes. It looks like from some rumors that have come out from Minnesota that they they don't you know they don't really like anybody that's going to be there at seven. And so they might want to trade down, but they're probably going to want more than that to me. So if I'm, uh, if I'm the Maverick, Mavericks, well, the thing is, if, if you're the Mavericks and you take on Rubio and then you get seven and then you pick, you know, Neil Keener or Dennis Smith Jr., you're like, now we have all these point guards because Rubio can't play off the ball. Dennis Smith Jr. can't play off the ball. J.J. Well, Barea can't really play off the ball. Yogi can kind of play off the ball, but not on defense. Well, you'd be moving up to seven, so I think you would. I think you would look at it like, okay, Fultz, Ball, Fox, Jackson, Tatum. That's five. Let's say Jonathan Isaac 
So that's five. And then you got Jonathan Isaac and Monk. So if you moved up to seven, then you could draft, you know, you would have Rubio and then you would, you would know that you would at seven draft Monk or Jonathan Isaac, you know? So you wouldn't have to take a Nilakina or which I still, you know, I, th- I think it would still be possible if they got Rubio that you would take Nilakina. And as much as we might not like it, you take Nilakina, put him in the D league, some bring him along really slow. Him and Ben and de- Gordon hanging out in the backcourt. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> ben Gordon. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So then in that case, if you moved up to seven, you could walk away with like Rubio and Jonathan Isaac, you know, instead of Wes and, Nilakina. I think I would take the Ruby on Jonathan Isaac. Would I give up Seth West and number nine for Rubio and seven? It was and or. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So yeah, I would definitely do West and nine for Ruby on seven. If it came down to Seth West and nine for Ruby on seven. Oh yeah, I would not do that. I don't know, man. You would really think about doing that? I would because it would I would be coming away with you know Rubio and Monk or Rubio and Jonathan Isaac like if you like that's that's the thing like I don't know I think I think I I think I would I want to say I think I would <laughs> the the chance of you know like we've talked about the Seth situation losing him next summer and how much you're gonna pay him and you can, if you came out of it with Rubio and Jonathan Isaac or you know Rubio and, and Monk like I don't know. Because then, you, then your backcourt right there is, you know, Ruby on Monk on day one. Not too bad. That'd be but, so weird. I, just, I can't, like, imagine that in Mavericks uniforms. Minnesota is so, so weird. When you do mocks, like, Minnesota and Orlando, no clue, man. Yeah, like, just completely. I mean, they have no, you know, no clue where they're going to go. And they could move back. They could trade the pick. They could just they could pick marketing. They can, you yeah. know like it's like yeah, just reach for somebody. And I mean, you just never know what they're gonna do with that. So, all right, Mavs fan for life forty one says, is it po- these are all Rubio trades by the way? So the next like I know we just talked about it for five minutes, but the next like fifteen minutes are gonna be Rubio trades. So if you're d- yeah, if you're but when, I'm not gonna talk for twenty minutes. I'm freaking Ricky Rubio. There's three more questions. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not into the Rubio thing, maybe skip this next section. Uh, Mavs fan for life 41 says, is it possible to do this in the draft? Which is a question, but then, then mm-hmm. he has another one. Somehow trade Rubio and not trade up for seven to grab Frank drafting whoever falls to us. So let's say you don't have to give up nine and you don't get seven. So you just get Rubio. So the straight up like West for Rubio thing, if they decide to do that, then you take, Nilakina at nine. So we just talked about, yes, we would do it if we got up to seven because we would get Monk. But if you get Rubio and you're still at nine, do you go? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think, I, I go, think if we, I, I think if we get in there, you would go marketing. In there? Maybe. I don't know. I, it's, it's I talk myself like, into marketing like twice a day and then just like completely talk myself out of him. Hey, I think we've talked. I mean, we did a whole pod, and I think he's going to be great. I, I like him. I don't. I think it's unfair to call him Channing Fry. I don't. I don't buy that at all. Um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, Ru- I think Ruby and West w- is so interesting for both sides. I mean, I think that would just be an even trade, and it would be a need for both sides. Then you look into that nice spot. I mean, I th- I feel like Nelikino would be that pick. If yeah, that, probably for that if, was the yeah, case for the Mavericks. Because, I mean, he could play with Rubio. He could play alongside Rubio. He could come off the bench and back him up, you know, with Seth playing alongside Rubio maybe. And and But then it kind of goes into, like, what's your long-term view of Rubio too? And I they don't, if that happened, I wouldn't see, you know, them taking Dennis Smith, you know, if they – because Smith and Rubio couldn't play together. So, no. yeah, I mean, yeah, if you trade West straight up for Rubio and then at nine you take Nelly Kina, I could, yeah, I could see that for sure. All right, A S T E W fifteen fifteen says, if we trade our ninth and someone else for seventh and Rubio, is it guaranteed we take Frank? So we kind of already said that that it's not guaranteed, but it's probably likely. And then he follows it up with, what if Isaac or Tatum are still there? If Isaac's on the board and you get Rubio and Isaac, uh, yeah, I'm very impressive. That's good. 
I mean, we joked about it last pod, but like, what would Dallas fans do? You know, if if Dallas drafted Frank over Isaac or Tatum or Monk or Dennis Smith, if like, that happened, Dennis. somebody weird went up. Like two two guys jumped <laughs> the Mavericks in that scenario. That would be. I mean, you would forever be at least Mavs fans. That would forever be a Shane Larkin and Giannis. Oof. You know, if if they, if they took Nelikina and Monk was still on the board, even Dennis Smith, but like especially if it's Jonathan Isaac or Tatum or something like that, and they take Frank over them, that that just like hurts my soul. Thinking yeah, can't about. you just see Tatum going to the Kings at ten? Like if in this scenario, I I, I can't see that happening in, in, actually in real life. But in this scenario, if Tatum is there and the Mavericks still go Nelikina, and then the Kings take Tatum at ten, and he averages like twenty points a game as a rookie and wins Rookie of the Year, and all Mavs fans are just, you know, it's almost like a Tyreek Evans thing where you know where he yeah. goes and does that, and oh, that would be insane. So yeah, if Tatum or Isaac are there, yeah, you go with them. That that's that's the talent that shouldn't be available at that spot, and if they are, then you go with it. Yeah. All right. Moving on to draft day trades that are not including Rubio. Uh, howdy, my name is Jake. Comes back at us and says, are Howdy. There, are there any scenarios where the Mav- Mavs trade past the teens aside from a Portland trade? So we talked about getting back into the first. Round. T- to me, this question is getting back into the first round. In my mm. in my eyes. So do you see any scenarios where the Mavericks can get back in the first round and it not be with Portland? Portland just seemed like the most likely because they have three first-round picks. They can't keep all those guys. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, so, I mean, a couple things, a couple ones that come off the top of my head. You know, Orlando setting at 25. They have two second-rounders, and they have this pick. You know, that's four. That's four draft picks right there that you're bringing to camp. That's a decent amount. I mean, that's two first-rounders and two. I'm pretty sure their seconds are pretty early in the second, too. I could be wrong. So that's four solid picks right there. Um, I mean, another one is is OKC. They're sitting at 21. You know, they're just at a stage right now to where I could see them drafting a rookie, you know, just taking somebody best available, you know, for salary cap purposes. But they're also in a spot, too, of, like, they want to win now. Like, they want to prove to Russ that we're going to win. So, like – you know, if you're Dallas, would Dallas enter? You know, there'd be a lot of like money to play around with this, but you'd have to involve another team. But like, would would OKC like a Wes Matthews on their team? You well, know, wouldn't Wes be awesome next to Russell Westbrook? Next to Russ, yeah. Oh, I mean, like man, that would be such a good to where you know, like OKC would have to you know make up some money with this, as far as maybe send Ken or somewhere else, and you know Dallas gets the 21st pick or something like that. So. Yeah, I mean, OKC at 21, you you don't know what they're going to do. If you get into the teens, there's just a lot of these teams, you just don't know what they're doing right now. Like Chicago with the Jimmy Butler situation, you know, Indiana sitting there at 18. Like we, I, scale one to 10 is Paul George traded on before draft day, before the first pick is announced. Can I add before or on draft day? Okay, Paul George is traded by Friday. By Friday, so the draft is over. Yeah, eighty-five percent. No, I'm going ninety-five. Jeez, the de- the hour that ticks away, the lesser his value goes down. <laughs> so I, I think he's I think he's done. I think he's traded soon. But like, so at eighteen, you know, in whatever trade that takes place, is that pick still going to be Indiana? It's moving. So there's just this draft is so hard to predict right now, Seriously. even from the top through the bottom and just because there's so many moving parts but is there but the what makes it so enticing is can dallas trade back in is there so many teams i tweeted this out there today there's you know there's teams that have four for four, four second round picks Jeez. <laughs> there there's you know there's like multiple teams that have more than one so like two three picks four picks like people just can't roster these you know these picks so yeah, they are going to have the extra, the 16th and 17th roster spots that are going to go back and forth from the NBA to the G League, but, you know, they, they aren't going to be there. What about uh, Milwaukee at 17? Do you think that Milwaukee might, you know, start to turn a corner and be like, all right, Giannis is now, like, Giannis. Like, he is all-star Giannis that we expected him to be and hoped that, you know, everything we hoped and dreamed Giannis would be, he has become, and he's becoming even more than that. When are they going to start turning a corner? They could use, I mean... Wes, I think we send Wes everywhere. <laughs> like, Wes can be a pretty good, you know, spot for him. You put 
Brogdon there as the you know as the the quote unquote one. You put West at the two. Giannis is the three, but he plays point. Then you have Jabari when he comes back. You have Thon Maker or you know Greg Monroe coming off the bench. I mean that that's something interesting to look into. Yeah, you know, Chris Middleton obviously you have to throw Chris Middleton in there. Maybe maybe you do West at one and Chris Middleton at two. Giannis is at three, and he's the actual point guard like on offense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, Milwaukee, I mean, they have to take that next step soon. And it's interesting, I think, an underlying story to this, and it could have played in the Charlotte thing with Dwight Howard, is how are some of these teams watching, how closely are they watching Cleveland right now? Seriously, because yeah. Cleveland's on Because Cleveland's on this teeter-totter of do they keep, you know, keep the you know, band together and you're going to win the East next year again? Or they're, like, borderlining nuclear bomb and – you know, if there's a good chance that LeBron leaves, that opens it up wide open. So you might see some of these teams like Milwaukee's, you know, Toronto's shown some in the past, but like I'm saying, now's our time. Like LeBron went to LA, you know, if he does. And Gosh. we don't want any more young people. We want to make take a shot at it. So you could see if teams think that that's really going to happen, you could te- see teams like Milwaukee saying, hey, I want a veteran, you know, instead of this another young player at 17, let's make a run at it and i don't know it's crazy right now if lebron goes to the lakers or you know even the clippers like gosh the western conference finals becomes the finals because the east just becomes so bad just so so bad there's like nobody coming out of the east that could do you think anybody in the east could beat the spurs this year no don't get me started on this no i what about the Rockets? Do you think anybody in the East can beat the Rockets? Do you think the Celtics and Rockets, if they were in the this, finals? This plays into LeBron's legacy so much, and it's it does. And it's just a whole different conversation we could have. But that's why that's why the conversation or the, the whole stat of LeBron's been to how many consecutive finals? Don't give me that bull crap. That don't mean nothing yeah, for played, me. He, like. Played freaking Paul George, Roy Hibbert twice in a row. <laughs> like, put OKC. Like, they're, even OKC. Like, make them go against them in the first round. There is so much of a difference, even though it's one player, to saying, hey, you're going to face Russell Westbrook, <laughs> you know, round yeah. one. You're going to face James the Harden. Thunder. You're going to face James Harden. You're going to face even, like, a Memphis team. Like, that. Like even a Memphis team would be better. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to – like, Boston was good, but they were, like, deceivingly good. Also, they were and, without Isaiah Thomas for most of that series, so – yeah, so and I've never bought in Toronto. I I've never been on the DeRozan hype train, but that's uh, just... it was fun when they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But DeRozan just is—he's not a you know prototypical you know player for right now. Like his skill set just doesn't fit. Yeah. No. Um, all right. So there's some, there's some other possibilities. Um. Here's from. Simba Rashi again. I feel like there's more talk about the Mavs trading down rather than up. If the focus this offseason is to nail the draft, wouldn't trading up throw the Mavs better odds at accomplishing this goal? The answer is yes. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> definitely would. Um, however, you know, the spot that the Mavs are in, they're just letting the player fall to them. And and we, you know, we talked about over and over again how this has played in the, the hands of a lot of good teams. You have you know, the, the Pacers twice. The Pacers did this twice where they're at like 10 or 11, and they just sit there, and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard fell right to them. Now they traded away Kawhi Leonard that same day, but they let two, you know, bona fide all-NBA, all-star guys fall straight to them at that spot. And, you know, the Suns with Devin Booker, the Jazz with Gordon Hayward, they fall right to them because these teams just start overthinking some of these draft picks, and then it, uh you know, really good player just falls to them for, you know, reasons, whatever they decide. And then the Mavericks are like, boom, that's our guy. And if they, you know, if they landed now, obviously that the numbers say that more likely that a higher pick will be an all-star, but it's happened a lot recently where we have a guy that just falls to this spot where the Mavericks are. Yeah. And it just it kind of goes into how, like, what's your mindset moving forward if you're Dallas you know, if you if you realistically think, hey, you know, I'm not going to compete with Golden State next year. I'm not going to compete with a San Antonio or something like that. We're not going to be a top four team. You know, 
you could continue this trend of gaining, you know, getting more assets, getting more younger players. So, you know, for instance, you know, if you're you're sitting there at nine and Monk is on the board with Charlotte trading for Dwight Howard today, I would assume that with Cody Zeller still there, and I feel like you know they still got Kaminsky and whatever. I've assumed Zach Collins wouldn't be other pick. I mean, yeah, man, that would be so weird. <laughs> yeah, did. so like. You know, for them, and that's 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 an area right to them. I, mean, I haven't taken Donovan Mitchell, and he would be great there. But like, you know, what if what if Monk is there at nine, and they're saying, man, like Monk, we really want Monk. You know, what would they offer? What could they offer to move up a couple spots? And Dallas could maybe move back two spots and still get like a Nilakina or, you know, a Donovan Mitchell or even a Markin or something like that. So I'm not saying that they Dallas should do that. I think they should just stay there and move forward, but. It wouldn't be the craziest thing. Like it's not the most stupid move if Dallas moved back, you know, a couple spots. I say a couple, not moving back to like I've seen some people that we've mentioned on this pod mention or like suggest like a trade, you know, back into like the twenties and picking, you know, like getting a couple, you know, first into no, no, I'm not on board with that. Like I would be okay with them in the right deal. Like I would be okay getting Stanley Johnson and moving back to the twelve. Sign me up any day for that. <laughs> but it would just take a rare occurrence to move back a couple spots. But yeah, and to to move forward, I mean, Boston looks like a team that wants to continue to try to gain more assets. So if you're throwing another future first to them, they they want to control all draft picks. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. that's that's a team to maybe look at. Phoenix is a team maybe that. I don't know. I, I could see them potentially trading out of that. Sacramento has been shopping some of their picks. They did with the you know the Lakers. I don't see them shopping five, but uh, Orlando maybe is a spot that you could you could trade up to. It's just it's hard. The Mavericks just don't have a ton of assets to work with, and you don't want to you know if you're starting a rebuild and last year start you know began the rebuild for the Mavericks, you don't want to start trading away first round picks, you know, and you know right away. Yeah, and. It's so there could be so much movement inside the top ten. Like we just saw, and I should know this. I'm sorry, I don't. Like what reporter reported this? Whether it's Chad Ford or Shelburne or whoever it was, saying that you know L.A. talked to Sacramento about you know picks five and ten to move up to two, and then they were going to package either the fifth pick or the tenth pick. I think it was probably the tenth to to get Paul George. And it's like, how much would that just change? How much would that just jack up the draft? You know, like if Sacramento moved up to the two, they would probably get Lonzo still. But like, what would Lakers do at five? You know, would like what would that even look like? You know, if Lakers had the tenth pick, what would they be shooting for? There would just be so much stuff that, like, there could be so much stuff that changes in between now and draft night that would just change everything. And I hope it does. I just it'd be it'd be the best if just all of a sudden all these trades happen and the, the first ten picks just don't look anything like what they look like right now. It'd be so much fun. Also, yeah. there's this fly in my room right now and it is destroying me. It is just, Kill it. it's winning. It's totally winning. So if you hear loud sounds and me saying like yes under my breath, that's I got it. So <laughs> all right, moving on. Mavs fan for life forty one is back saying also trade pal to anyone who will take him. Isaac agrees with that, so we can bribe Portland by taking Ed Davis's contract for the 26th pick to take Jonah Bolden. Uh, so Powell and Powell to Portland for Ed Davis in the 26th pick. I no. think he's just saying like just find anybody to take Dwight Powell. Oh, so that then, we have the money to take Ed Davis. Yes, yeah. to take on Ed Davis and Bolden. I mean, of course, sign me up for that. I mean, <laughs> if that, yeah, if that happens. Yeah, I mean, I've I've said this before and. I'm normally not like this negative towards a Mavs player and it's nothing against him personally, but like I would take a second, I would take a high second round pick for Dwight Powell. I mean, it's just, you know, to get the contract off the books. And plus I do like some of these prospects in the second round, but in this case, would I take on Ed Davis to, to get Jonah Bolden? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. In a heartbeat. So I like Jonah Bolden a lot. Ed Davis is Ed Davis. It's kind of weird, but <laughs> But yeah, I would de- I would wrong. definitely I would definitely uh, like to get my hands on Joel, Jonah Bolden. All right, Z Stevenson has two questions here, and he says, "Should the Mavs look at moving down or staying where they are and drafting a wing or a big due to the rumors that the Holiday Brothers want to come to Dallas?" Uh, 
Oh, God. Rule number one, don't ever think that you're going to get a free agent in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, you must, you must be new here. <laughs> do not plan. Unless this is Zion Williamson's, like, I don't know, cousin. Well, they don't have the same last name. I saw Z, and I was like, oh, Zion. But don't ever play. Don't it's Lance's you, brother. Lance, there you go. <laughs> Who's going to play point guard for the Pacers, apparently? Have have things changed so much in India? <laughs> I saw this thing. It was the funniest thing. It, it was like a picture, and it had all these X's on people's faces. And it said, he outlasted them all. And it was like <laughs> David West, Hibbert, even like Vogel and Larry Bird. And, and like Paul He didn't George. really, though. He left and came back. I know, but it's still kind of funny. But so uh, I did see somebody tweet today that Nick Young outlasted D'Angelo Russell in L.A. <laughs> Until Brooklyn signs him this offseason. Swaggy P. No, he still has a player option that he could pick up tomorrow. Does he really? Which is today. So, yeah, he could still stay in L.A. for one more year. Which, <laughs> he wasn't that bad last year. Anyway, for me, I think that we. I've said this a lot. I've said this a lot, but the Mavericks need to pick the best player available. They need to draft for talent, not for need or fit. Uh, yeah. we, we talk about a player's fit, but that's after sort of – you know, choosing who's the best available at that spot. Um, I wouldn't like, let's say, you know, if, if we mentioned like if Tatum is available, it's Tatum and Nilakina, I would take Tatum cause he's a bigger talent, you know, like the, then you, you know, the fit, you just figure out later. If Monk's available and Nilakina's available, you take Monk because he's the bigger talent. The, the holiday brothers, that's, you know, a pipe dream that is, is that even like that great of a pipe? Like if Mario goes no. down that pipe, is that going to have like a bunch of coins in it? Or is that going to have like a bunch of those, you know, Venus flytrap plants. Like, you know what I you're mean? Coming, you're coming out like Wario world. Like that. <laughs> no, nah, it's not like Drew holiday would be cool, but Lord forbid, man, if you make a draft decision based off the possibility of getting drew holiday, yeah, free, like, free agency, the moratorium that Dallas fans should know very well, what the moratorium means doesn't start till July 1st. It's like, like there's some time. There's some time between now and then, and stuff can change. If Drew Holiday says he wants to come to Dallas today, does that mean in two weeks when the moratorium starts that he's going to want to come then? I don't know. If Drew Holiday said today and he like cut his hand and wrote it in blood and said, I will sign in Dallas, change any draft plans. Like For me, it doesn't no. at all. No. <laughs> because I would rather have – you know, if you had to pick one, I'd rather have Dennis Smith moving forward. I would still draft Nilakina at nine, you know, in the right circumstances and still get Holiday. Like, no, you don't. Like, can you imagine if, if Donnie and them took Markin in at nine and then they came out and said, well, you know, obviously they couldn't do this because no, of rules, I, whatever. But, like, afterwards and said, yeah, we took Markin in there, you know, because we knew Drew, you know, Drew was in the bag and whatever. I'm like, what? Like, no. So. Or if they said like other things were in the works, you know, like they said it so, in some sort of like cryptic kind of way. We were like, we all knew like, oh, dang it. We're like, oh, Justin Holiday. Does that, does your scenario change if like Porzingis is like committed to Dallas? If there's like a trade for Porzingis there? Don't get me excited. <laughs> no, I mean, Porzingis is, he's a game changer. I mean, you'd do anything at that point. I mean, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be drafting if we got Porzingis. I don't. We're not going to get Porzingis, but don't say you know, that. The basketball gods can hear you. Ain't no way, no way on earth. <laughs> if if the Porzingis trade does come up, I just hope that they keep one of Barnes and Noel because if they get rid of both of them, then you're just you're doing the same thing that you know the Knicks did to Carmelo. <laughs> uh, I don't. I would mortgage. Uh, I would mortgage the re- reunion tower for Porzingis. <laughs> the iconic ball. <laughs> All right, and then another from Z Stevenson. Do you think the Mavs can move down and trade the ninth pick in either Wes or Powell for Harris and the twelfth from Detroit? So we, in our lockdown draft, which you can listen to, uh, it's one of the earlier pods that we did. We did Stanley Johnson in the twelfth. Tobias Harris, I'm not as interested in for the Mavericks. He's just he's kind of a weird glue guy that's good at a lot of things, but not great at like anything. (laughs) I think I remember the first time we did a podcast together. Was back at the first of the season. I came on your mass fanatic one, and I'm pretty sure I said Tobias Harris was trash. And no, we, like, he's not trash. We no. kind of argued about it. <laughs> what is he? I like, like Tobias Harris. What I, is he good at? He 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 comes in my whole like question factor with Dwight Powell. Like, okay, tell me what he's good at. 
Okay, so in the NBA, okay, you want me to explain what NBA players are to you? So in the NBA, you have some players. Like NBA you, players, Tobias Harris. All right, do you want me to tell you who, like, Tobias Harris is a way better offensive Dwight Powell. Just like, just kidding. No, no not not even close. No, like some players are, are good at one specific thing. Like you have a J.J. Redick or a Seth Curry that are like really good shooters. Or you have guys like Tobias Harris. You have, you know other guys like that like an Andre Iguodala sort of that are like yeah they're really Iggy's really good at defense all right I'll I'll throw that one out there that was a bad example he's just a player that's good at a lot of things and not great at one thing how about that (laughs) he's like he's like Mo Harkless but he has hit some clutch shots for Orlando he played pretty well for Orlando he can score he can shoot he can you know he can kind of defend and like here's my thing with Tobias Harris he was on like wouldn't want him on the Mavericks but yeah like he was on Milwaukee and Milwaukee like gave him away. Yeah, th- to Orlando. That was bad for them. They, Orlando they takes <laughs> Orlando trades him for Brandon Jennings, and like what Ursan Ilyasova? No, like and the dude's like still young. In in defense of that trade, Orlando's GM was insane, <laughs> and he <laughs> yeah. posted he posted a picture of their own their own board free agency board on the wall. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't do that. Ninth to trade back. No. Uh, not. I would rather have. I would rather yeah. have whoever we got at nine than twelve. Dallas would have to definitely uh, value Tobias Harris. You know, it it wouldn't be West. It would be nine and Powell for Harrison twelve. I think it's interesting, but I wouldn't do it. No, I got all. the fly. I'm happy to say I got the fly. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Starting off a good week. All right. Well, it's the middle of a good week. Um. Okay. So Jack. CT. So Jacques, let's say Jacques. <laughs> Jacques Vaughn. Jacques CT. Do you have a job for me? Uh, do the Mavs have assets to acquire another pick in the lottery? No. Examples. No, I, we've, yeah, we've kind of been <laughs> oh, over Oh, these this. are, he gives examples? This is examples. Uh, Rubio and the seventh for Harris Liggins and or Dorian Finney-Smith in a 2018 first. No. The, the the next year's first round pick is kind of interesting. You wonder how much people would value that because they look at the Mavericks, they look at the West and say a bunch of teams are getting better and I'm not sure how much better the Mavs are getting, but the Mavs actually work good in some stretches this season. You couldn't tell me a uh, Rubio, Harrison Barnes, Wes Matthews, Dirk, Nerlens, whoever they get at 7. Like you couldn't tell me that they wouldn't, you know, be a they're not going to be tanking. They're not going to be like a, they'll be like ninth or 10th. I don't know. I think that would be borderline playoffs. That's that is borderline playoffs. You say a ninth or tenth in the draft order? Oh, in or? the West. In the West. Oh, okay, okay. In the West. Yeah, I mean, I think you would look like that first round pick if you made that deal and you're in Minnesota. You're looking at okay, that could be anywhere from thirteen to eighteen. Yeah, and I was just saying like that's what that's maybe what teams would think. Like maybe they would value that 2018 pick. But however, if you're sending Rubio. Uh, the Mavericks obviously would have valued Rubio, and so they would be like, "Okay, as soon as we give you this 2018 first, it the value you know depreciably goes down because you're sending us a player that's going to make us better now. <laughs> like you're Minnesota, you're making the asset that you're getting back worse by sending talent to the team. Minnesota's not no that's that's almost not not shame worthy. What about Wes and or Powell and Curry for the tenth? All right, so this is Sacramento. Yeah. Wes, Wes or Powell and Curry. I mean, I would do Dwight Powell and Seth for the 10. They already did the Curry thing, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, never mind. Sacramento ain't going to do that. No. They were, they straight up renounced his rights, man. Like, he was a restricted free agent last, last offseason. They renounced his rights. Like, you're a trash team, and you haven't did Jack, and you're going to renounce your rights to Seth, and now Seth is balling in Dallas and – Anyway, um, his follow-up question is: Do we have the assets, or is that just not happening? I can't see yeah. that happening without giving up the ninth pick. I just can't see it happening. I don't see. Yeah, I don't. I don't see a situation where Sacramento would would do. I mean, unless they just really want to win now. And but uh, no, that's not happening. Maybe the Hornets. Maybe you're getting the Hornets pick. Here's the deal: the Dwight Sacks. Howard thing. Maybe they're maybe they're thinking they can win now with him. Steve Clifford, you know, coached him at one point and. You, know, you got Nick Batum, you have Dwight. It, if the Lakers are shopping D'Angelo Russell and they call teams in the lottery, <laughs> and so Sacram- Sacramento wouldn't give up the 10th pick for Russell, 
and knowing at five that you could get Tatum, uh, Jonathan Isaac, or Josh Jackson and walk away with this draft with D'Angelo and like Jason Tatum, I think we would say they're they would be winners. So Sacramento turned down D'Angelo Russell for the tenth, most likely. Don't think that they're going to take Dwight Powell and Seth Curry. There was reports that you know the Lakers were trying to get back into the top twelve to get you know Zach Collins or or like a market in, and uh, I think it, I think Russell was the thing that they were dangling, <laughs> and I don't think it worked. Yep. All right, the last two questions that we have in our iTunes review question of the day draft edition. T Caro underscore 92 says I'm stuck in a weird spot of still feeling loyalty to Dirk and wanting to maximize his last season or two, but also realizing that we're nowhere close to contending as constructed. And we are in for a long ride back to the top. If we Welcome ever, to- if we ever get there. <laughs> Welcome to Dallas the past five years. Seriously. Um, he says, would the Pacers do West nine and a future first for Paul George? And his his rationale is okay. Like it's it's wanting to you know make Dirk's last season a memorable one. You know, bring in the rental of of Paul George. Maybe convince him that our you know the culture is good. Like you know a lot of these if teams have talked about you know the Lakers maybe should be scared if he goes to like a Boston or you know goes to a you know a team that's going to win now or even like a, a Cleveland if they're like okay, he goes to a place then then, and he says, man, I actually, I kind of like this. I like being on a team that's dominant. And I like being, you know, the second option and being able to, you know, have some more freedom and doing, you know, what I want and all this stuff and being maybe in a better city than Indianapolis. And, you know, maybe they're, they're worried about that. Could Dallas be one of those teams that he goes to and thinks that? I don't think so. So you are thinking about a rental. <laughs> and no, I, I, I wouldn't do that. Would the Pacers do it? Is his question. Uh, they were the offer that they were getting for the Lakers was was Clarkson or Randall and the twenty seventh and twenty eighth. So I think nine and you know whatever next year's pick is back in the lottery. I think that's better than that. <laughs> yeah, which I still think getting Julius Randall and two two picks out of twenties is decent for somebody that's going to leave. But yeah, I think I think Indy would. They might do it. And if you're Dallas, like, think about this scenario for a second. If you did want to go all in next year, you know, you have you have the situation right now. Even with Wes on the book, we don't make any moves right now. People still think that we could, you know, Dirk could come back on lesser money. We could clear up the space to get, like, a Drew Holiday or somebody like that. So then let's just say this hypothetical trade went down. If you wanted to make a one-year run at it, you know, you trade West, all you'll be giving up is West. So West and Paul George would pretty much equal out salary, right? I think Paul makes a little bit a, more, but yeah. It, it would be okay. Good. So, so you would still be able to like Dirk would still be able to come back on a little bit less money and have money to go get a point guard if you wanted. So let's just say Kyle Lowry wanted to say, Hey, I want to go down there and make a run at it. And you roll out a lineup of Kyle Lowry, Paul George, Harrison Barnes, Dirk Nerlens, and <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so like, I mean, it would be fun. It would be a heck of a crazy one-year type thing. Would it? I don't know. It, it would be a crazy risk to give up that night. Cap-wise, pick. that makes no sense. But it wouldn't be that completely to have Lowry, Paul George, Harrison Barnes, Nerlens Noel. Oh yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I think you can make it financially work for one year. Dirk comes back on a super cheap deal. You're switching out West's contract with Paul George's, and then you you know you still have that a little bit of cap to throw it. Like you know, obviously Lowry or Holiday had to come in on less than max. The ultimate take, send off for Dirk. <laughs> that, that'd be crazy, you know. Like that'd be a, a nuts crazy of a situation, but it's not gonna happen. So no, it's we, not. Let's just get excited about our ninth pick. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's just stay in our lane. Stay in your lane. All right. So thanks so much for everybody that submitted iTunes review questions. We really appreciate it. That helped us in several ways. It helped us create content for a podcast and it helped us in our, you know, in our reviews. And the more reviews we get, the more visible we are on iTunes, the more, you know, views we get, the more of these pods we can do and the longer pods we can do. So everybody keep doing that. We really appreciate it. I have a couple Sotnam shames of the day um, because today was just rampant. There's too many for me to count. So I got a couple. 
Um, one of these is not necessarily a Sotnam shame. Like, it's not a bad trade, but it's just a really funny post that I saw that uh, sort of has, you know, transactions to do with it. Josh Dye on Facebook said, DeAndre Jordan turned down the Mavericks, and he's the subject of trade talks now. De'Aaron. De'Aaron. De- oh, my gosh. The draft has got me. Darren <laughs> Williams turned down the Mavs, and he's injury riddled now. Dwight Howard turned down the Mavs, and he's starting to become irrelevant. Hassan Whiteside turned down the Mavs, and D-Wade left him, and more to come. <laughs> Lesson, sign with the Mavs when they offer you a contract. <laughs> he didn't even say, say Mello either. Yeah, Mello or uh, Chandler Parsons. How about that? <laughs> Parsons. Chandler Parsons gets offered a contract. Uh, then uh, I, I commented on it and said, Mike Conley get you know, turns down a contract, becomes the highest paid player in the league, but then he has to play with Chandler Parsons for the rest of his contract. <laughs> My, so like Satnam, shout out to Trent Tankersley. He's a, a swoosh. He, he had texted me today and he's like, man, you must be getting a ton of like Satnam shames and sent me this gift. <laughs> we definitely are getting a lot of Satnam shames for sure. A Mavs fans thinking that they're gonna that Dallas has logical trade scenarios to get Porzingis, and it's it is really funny to seeing people try to <laughs> realistically put packages together. And I think uh, taking I think where it would get interesting for anybody with Porzingis is what team would be willing to take Noah off the books with him. Like if yeah. I'm New York and I even entertain Porzingis, the few things I'm even starting off with is you have to take Noah in the deal. Yep. And we <laughs> and have I to have get to, picks back. I have to get like a top 10 pick in this draft and I want some more picks too. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just like starting and go from there. I mean, if Dallas was willing to – Dallas ain't going to have a shot. I don't even go down that road. It's sad. It's sad to be in the spot that you're in, the headspace that you're in, thinking that the Mavericks have no shot at anybody. Uh, I know, because every summer we have such good chances with people. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. This was the longest podcast I think we've we've ever done, but it's because you guys came through with your questions. Um, Thanks so much for sending them in, everybody. Continue to review the podcast. On iTunes, subscribe. We appreciate it. Our numbers are through the roof right now. It's it's because the NBA is insane, but also because you guys are awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, for the Lockdown Mavs, I'm Nick Gangsta. This is Isaac Harris. Peace out. Boom. Boom.